Greetings Moonlight Citizens, this is the Moonlight King here with another episode of Moonlight Kingdom Podcast. We are in episode 25? I'm not 100% sure, I tend to lose count. Like I tend to lose count what year of how old I even am. I tend to skip the year 2000 because much like the world, I pretty much skipped the year 2000. Everybody really skipped the year 2000. We'd all kind of like to forget the year 2000. But... Moving aside from Y2K, we are focusing now on this episode that covers Game of Thrones, The Last of Us, well, a bunch of other things too. You know that movie Booksmart's in here, Hunger Games, all that, on this episode of Moonlight Kingdom Podcast. Let's get into it, right here in 3, 2, 1, boom. They should go after Korra. You think they should make a series about the next Avatar in that line, or they should do a prequel with one of the earlier Avatars? I think they should do a prequel, hey, because I'm not gonna lie, I prefer Korra over Aang. I enjoyed um, The Legend of Korra, but both. I don't know why. It was just fun, man. But also, like, I want to learn about the other avatars, especially Avatar Kyoshi. She's my fave, obviously. Like, she literally, like, froze the water in a guy's lungs before and killed him like she had like zero oh, she gave zero f's about like killing people she just went for it and she's iconic man so i want to like i know they have i read the book on her um but i wish they made like an actual animated series she's literally the only one i kind of like i don't give a fuck about like avatar Roku or any of them but like kyoshi is the shit. Yeah. Not to mention Roku kind of had a blind side when it came to like his friend, the Fire Lord. Like he was clearly a bad guy and he clearly wanted to spread out the Fire Nation across the world, but Roku was like, because we're friends, I'ma let this slide. But like if you try this again, I'ma put you down. You know, but because we're friends, I'm going to let this slide this one time. And now it proved to be his undoing because, well, you know, the Phiload is a bad guy who eventually laid siege to the entire country and all that. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. But one thing I don't look forward to is, like, the Avatar after Korra. Why? Who cares about the Earthbenders, man? an odd sign but i just feel like i feel like you know like nobody's gonna like live up to kiyoshi obviously she was like the last yeah, earthborn avatar and i don't know it's like a man like ang was okay i guess he was like a kid but like i don't know i just prefer female avatars for some reason i feel like the characters are more well developed Uh, who said it's who said it was gonna be an earthbender it could be a firebender next time around who knows no it's gonna be because it follows uh, a thing man like uh like an order like before ang was fire that's air then Korra is water then it's earth and then it's gonna be fire after that again ah that's not very interesting i mean yeah you see like and it's a dude i don't know and obviously, you know, Avatar Korra is like on the top, you know, because 
obviously, you know. Besides the he's a bi icon. Besides, the Earth Nation isn't exactly what I would call the most interesting of you know settings. I mean, it's a pretty powerful nation. Um of course they did get like a low-key enslaved by the Fire Nation. Like they were like the main victims, you know what I mean? I would argue the water um, tribe were the main victims or the air nomads, but hey. They were eradicated and then the Earth Kingdom was like enslaved. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I think, I think another like fireborn avatar would be cool to watch. Um, and somebody who is a bit like different compared to like Avatar Roku, who has the personality of Iroh. I want somebody who, you know, is like kind of like a jackass and then has to go through character development to, you know, become the avatar. And I feel like that's like canon for fireborn avatars. Not all firebenders are like arrogant and selfish pricks or nothing. They're not all. I suppose so, but I guess they just socialize to be that way because of you know where they're born and you know the culture. I guess the culture of the fire kingdom is very different because of Zuko. Oh no, I just want somebody who's not so happy-go-lucky anymore. Somebody like Kyoshi, you know, she wasn't a happy-go-lucky character. She wasn't that sunshine, you know. Aang and Korra did have that goofy side about them, but Kyoshi was like badass. She went out there and she did what she needed to do. Finished. I like her. Yeah, we, we don't need any more monks up in this piece. We got enough of them. Yeah, you know, like, they don't have that fire about them, man. Okay, I get Aang was, like, different because, well, his people were dead, so, like, who's gonna, like you know, teach him, and he didn't, like, go through his entire monkhood, you know, education, because he was kind of frozen. So I feel like, you know, he was okay. But I feel like, um, like, you know, they have, they very much embodying air nomad, like, culture in Korra. So I feel like they're gonna, you know, just be more INFJ monks. You know what I mean? And I just feel like that doesn't make for cool avatar that is you know like the protector of the world and the the, the fight of justice i feel like they can't deal with the actual justice properly oh let me ask you this you mentioned that ang will wind up getting frozen or in the time he was frozen the fire nation you know, did its thing and enslaved yeah. most of the world. Would you argue that that was his fault because the Avatar wasn't around to protect the world on account of him being frozen? That the, the Fire Nation being allowed to become as powerful as they were was Aang's fault? No, it wasn't, obviously. Um, at the end of the day, of course, he was the Avatar and that comes with a certain amount of responsibility. But also, he was like a kid who was scared. And the Fire Nation were jackasses who decided to act out, you know? So that's like all on them. That's, you know, about their culture and their society and their uh, superiority complex over the other nations. So, you know, that's their fault at the end of the day. Yeah, but there are those who would seek to argue that man had the Avatar been around, you know, maybe this whole invasion wouldn't have happened, you know, there'd have I mean, been someone there okay, to keep but the like, peace. He was 12, man. What could he have done? I feel like the people could have handled it better. He was 12 when he got out of the ice and started fighting the Fire Nation, so you like, 
What could he have done? He was just a kid. I'm just saying, he was a kid. Just saying, he was a kid. He was a kid when he beat the Fire Lord at the end of the show. So you like, what could he do? like i'm like we were gonna see him eventually but still though man you know we could have had that intrigue of like damn what's he gonna look like you know we just see this flame this silhouette lit up by flames or we just see his hand tapping on the thing like in this menacing way it's just a hand but the show makes it look menacing as fuck it's literally just a hand resting on a chair and we just feel like yeah but still, well, but anyway, what I'm looking forward to more is if, like, this show is a success. I hope they make, like, an Avatar Korra one. Do you trust Netflix with that? No. <laughs> Imagine who they would, like, cost as Korra. I would be so disappointed if they mess her up. Yeah. I, mean... I love, like, you know, Korra and Asami. Some shows are just unadaptable for live action. True. And Netflix doesn't I have... I that The Last Airbender is a bit more adaptable, so maybe they should do, like, a horror, you know? Maybe, maybe not. They've already made a decision that's riled up a few fans. They've, you know, the Avatar TV show, the cartoon, takes place over the course of a year. Even though it's three seasons long, it in-universe takes place over the course of one year. They've decided to do away with that. 
and because it would be ridiculous because in a cartoon characters can stay exactly the same for as long as you want them to but in live action you know actors age and they change so having the whole show say that oh yeah this takes place over the course of a year but like you know but that's ridiculous people grow old and shows can take months and months to film so the you know the show is split up into three seasons it seems likely that the show is going to take place over three years so they can explain okay this is why in season two so and so looks older than he did in season one because it's been a year as opposed to oh it's only been one year but these kids look like they've aged three years in just 12 months, you know? Yeah, I get you. Mm. Oh, there was another thing they did. They made, they cut out soccer's sexism. What do you have to say about that? Because in like the early parts of the show, he was kind of sexist. Okay, he was scratched. Okay, he, he was, was, but also he was like a kid, but also... Sokka is a bit of a sarcastic guy, you know? He's a funny man. Um, I don't know. You think I it was like, the right call to remove his sexism from the live-action version? I don't know, like, they should include it, and, you know, as he gets older, he realizes. Because obviously he's a child when all of this happens, you know? He's still immature and stupid. But, you know, as he goes on this journey with the Avatar, Katara, they meet a lot of strong female characters, including Toph and Katara as well. And he realizes, you know? Mm. Yeah. There's... That, you know, his only uh, real power is being a backbender. Mm. There was, um... There was this one episode, like, when I found out they removed the cut of sexism out of the story there was one episode that came to mind it's when they meet the kyoshi warriors they because they, the kyoshi warriors they jump them they tie them up and they like you know take them back to their hideouts and the moment greg Sokka wakes up he's like who are you people where are the men who jumped us and they're, they're like no men jumped you it was us and he immediately is like nah nah like where are the guys who jumped us no way we got jumped by a bunch of girls if you cut out his sexism, he's not going to say that. But if he doesn't say that, then his girl in the Kyoshi Warriors doesn't humble him and he doesn't see the error's ways and she doesn't become that his girl. Like, yeah. Like, obviously, his sexism isn't meant for sexism. It's used as a tool to, you know, uh, promote feminism and that women can do, you know, just as much and even more than men. So I feel it's, it's, you know, it comes down to how they use it. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how that shakes out, you know. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Suki is a badass, you know. And mm. I love um, their relationship. I locally feel like it should have ended up with Toph, though, when they got older. Oh. Toph. Why? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I feel like it makes sense, though. I feel like they had, like, a little relationship, you know? I don't think so. I think it was more like an older brother, little sister type deal, but I don't know about that. But we know that Toph know, ended up... I feel like... We know that Toph ended up Toph with someone. Like... She does have a kid in Legend of Korra, so we know she I got know, with somebody. she has 
as a kid. Chief Bayphone. I did all these years later all these years I did not know Top's last name until I saw like wait. Like it generally didn't because they don't be saying that. They don't be saying what people's last names are. Everybody's on a first name basis here. Like like oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. I mean I I get that. Um, it makes sense for Chief Bayphone to be Top's Daughter, you know? Yeah, I mean, she can metal bend, so that's definitely enough cause to justify that. Yeah, I just hate that, like, uh, tough. I don't think she got married to him, so I think it's like her baby daddy. Um, it's just like a nobody, you know? It's that dude from that air temple that's like a mechanic guy, you know? I feel like he's a nobody. <laughs> Oh, you think it was just a case of, look, man, you, like, you know, it's just, this is purely so I can have a kid. Like, I got no interest in actually being with you type deals. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like uh, Toph's the motherly kind, you know? Given how a kid turns out, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, low-key traumatized and dysfunctional. Mm. But I don't thing is I don't like about Chief Beifong is that in season one she was the stereotypical like stick in the mud cop who like talks down to the hero who doesn't play by the rules she's like telling Cora like this isn't the water tribe you know like there's rules we got rules here in Republic City you know like like I get it that character does exist in real life but like and she does warm to Korra eventually, but, like, it was annoying those first couple episodes. It's like, yeah. I really get that, like, you know? Um, she's not, like, a, like a healthy person. You know, she was traumatized as a kid because of her mother and those kinds of things. You know, she had high expectations for her. And you know what happened with uh, Tenzin, you know? She was, like, in love with him. Then he just chooses this random girl over her. Yeah. I mean, I would also be, you know, a mean, nasty bitch if I was her. I mean, I went through that. To be fair, they both had a lot of expectations up to them. I mean, Tenzin, Tenzin was Ang's kid. Well, he's one of Ang's kids, but still, though, man, he's you're the son of the Avatar. That's some serious expectations to live up to, man. saying you know like i'll agree with that but i'm saying like she didn't so much create the police force like the male bending cops they were there in the form of the daily but like she just sort of took the secret police and made them the police police you know like that's basically what that is you know like because those cops they're basically daily agents but instead of being the secret police doing shady shit behind the scenes they're the regular cops doing shit in broad daylight now 
Zuko was there in that one episode. Like, just like... Yeah, I love Fire Lord Zuko. <laughs> he was like, he's probably the best one from all of them. Like, he ended up the best, you know? Yeah. Him and... And he was like the worst. <laughs> like, him and my... I wonder they were good king and queen. You know? Yeah, I think they were too. Yeah. I do feel bad for Azula though, like, what? at the end of the day, what she did was horrible, and, you know, she was low-key a bad person, but she was also just a kid, you know? Just a kid, my ass. That chick was nuts. <laughs> but, like, I, what's the word? I sympathize with her a lot, because, let's, let's look at it this way, right? So... Obviously, she was the better twin, she was the protege, she was, you know... The chosen one. She worked hard, she was just overall better, and yet Zuko was always the one meant to be the Fire Lord. The next Fire Lord, because he was a Duke. Not to mention what happened with her no, mother, you know? No, no, he was first born. He was gonna be... For, he was like, first born! He was gonna be Fire Lord even if he was a favored Zuko, because Zuko was, uh, she had a said you feel sorry for you feel sorry for the woman who the last time we saw her she was like screaming and rolling on the ground handcuffed and spitting fire everywhere like i would do the same thing let me tell you <laughs> if this uh, if like my brother who i've lived in the shadow you know um for my whole life and you know he was always you know seen as the crown prince and the favorite one by so many of our family members you know i would also you know be like like what's the word you know like shocked that he's coming here and i finally got my chance you know with the throne and stuff and he just wants to take it from me like this is my chance to shine if you want to be by the avatars go by the avatars okay don't be a <laughs> I'm just saying, man, she lost her freaking mind well before he showed she up. She did. I don't understand why she did. She's a victim just as much as Zuko was. She just handled it in different ways. Uh, sure. We can say that. 
But to be fair, she was in nobody's shadow, man. Most certainly not Zuko's, dude, because he was, yes, he was gonna, he was crown prince, but that's just because he was the older sibling. It had nothing to do with him being a dude. He could have been a chick, and he still would have been sitting on that throne. He was first born, that's how it goes. I mean, true, true. Yeah. But like, um, I don't know, I just feel like how she was handled was horrible. But like, you know, when you read the comic and now you realize she became a priestess at the fire temple and she started helping people instead. I think that's wholesome, you know? Some characters, I mean, I get it. She got the redemption in the end, but I just feel some characters don't deserve to be redeemed. I didn't say that. I'm just saying there are definitely characters out there in the world of fiction that don't deserve the redemption arc. Well, of course, of course. I think so, too. Yeah. I think she deserved her little redemption arc. Yeah, but to put her in the narrative that, oh, she didn't ask for this. She was a victim. She totally asked for this. When her dad was like, you want to be the Fire Lord? She was like, hell yeah. She jumped at the opportunity. She was like, you want to hunt the Avatar? And she jumped at that too. You know, she took over Those freaking... Those expectations of her, you know? She freaking took over the city of Bossing Say with nothing but her and her little buddies. You know, like, I'm just saying... She's got ass like that. I'm just... I mean, obviously, she wouldn't... I don't think she'd make, like, a good fire lord because she is, like, you know... A bit aggressive, a bit direct, but you know, she has a very foolhardy way of handling things. But I feel like, you know, she's an overall good character. And she's a badass, and she did what she needed to do. She burned the guy's house. a test, right? Because, yes, Zuko was also tossed with, like, um, you know, handling the avatar. You know, but then, like, when your dad, who you always are trying to, you know, get approval from, and stuff like that says you know your brother's failing go and get the avatar what are you supposed to do say no eh. but this idea like she was a victim she may have been initially but in the end by the end i know she was a willing participant her victimhood showed so much more at the end than at the beginning Especially remember when that, that scene with her mother and like she cuts all the hair off and her mother was like, I love you, you know? I love you, Azula. Um, that was like the proper like, trauma. Because you can see that she, her, she, she honestly believed that her mother did not love her, you know? Because of how she treated Zuko compared to her. And obviously her mother did love her. She just didn't really show it to her as she did with Zuko. And I think deep down, you know, she knows that what her father shows towards her isn't really love, but control, and he, like, places his own ambitions onto her. But it's, like, the only thing closest to love that she can ever get. So, you know, she's just a messed up person. And that's why, you know, she does the things he tells her to do, because she does create this love at the end, even if it is superficial. Yeah, it do be like that. You know, as a character, she is morally bankrupt, but you can't, the show does a great job of showing you why. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, yes, 
was, you know, she was, she did do some pretty horrible things, you know. But, um, and obviously, you know, nobody's background and excuse, you know, should be used as, ex as an excuse because, you know, she's grown now. But also, you know, she, I think that she does deserve her redemption arc and she got it. Yeah. And, um, like, not to mention, like, I feel like uh, the Fire Nation is in good hands now. Like, Zuko was the best choice, I think, for Fire Lord. At the beginning of his journey, obviously, he was not the best choice. But towards the end, you know, especially when he gave that speech to his father, you know, like, I believe kindness is what we need for a time of peace, you know? I think that whole speech really showed that he was the ideal match. Yeah. Look, my issue with that is, I'm like, wait, wait, hold up. So there's an eclipse right now, and the Fire Nation do not have the ability to firebend anymore. And you are one-on-one -on -one with your dad. You are telling him, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go train the Avatar to come back here and kick your ass. Why don't you do it, seeing as you're here now, and neither of you have powers, but you know how to wield a sword, dude. Instead of leaving to train a guy to come back there and do the same thing. Just saying. I'm just saying. That speech was nice and all, but like, just saying, dude. You could have ended the war then and there. Yeah, it's, um, like, I feel like, yes, um, the Fire Lord was powerful, but I also felt like, you know, Zuko could have done some damage if he really tried, you know? Yeah. Even without his fucking firepowers, when he had the, the mask and he was like that blue ninja yeah, fighting people. He had the sword there. What yeah. are you gonna do if, you know, you start swinging at your father? He's, he's sitting in his throne, he's in his robe. You know, he's not in that fighting mood. He's not prepared. You could have taken him down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Could have ended the war right there. Like, you know, it's like, um, when Tyrion literally shot his dad at the toilet in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. That was fucking... He knew what was up. He saw the opportunity and he took us. Yeah. This is not... He didn't give some little speech and then bounce. Like, that would have been whack. If, like, yes, I busted into my father's room while he was taking a dump. I gave him a little speech, I gave him what for, and then I left. Like, what? No! This man tried to have you murdered. Like, get him. <laughs> council mainly was the ones running things instead of the king i disagree robert baratheon did not listen to his council this was clear in like season one he just did what he wanted you know he didn't really even if his council advised against it he was like screw that i'm gonna do me because i'm the king and what i say goes it wasn't until um who's sean bean's character he was also He's Jon Snow's dad. I can't remember his name, but like he was a good dude. It wasn't until he came on the scene that it was like, okay, you know, Rob, you know, like, you know, we gotta actually. was a bad king. The only reason he was put onto the throne was because he like led the rebellion and he killed, you know, uh, what's his name? The Mad King. Yeah. 
reason, but like, let's be honest here. The past that should have been sitting on the throne was Ned Stark. Technically, he was. For like one episode. Yeah, well, technically, but like, I think from the beginning, he should have been there. He should have been the king of Westeros. Robert Baratheon was... He looked Stark started like a war over Gog. And let's say, let's say that Lyanna Stark was kidnapped and all of those things were true, you know? Like, uh, you know, Westeros is a place that treats women horribly, you know, overall. There's many cases of this actually happening, and he just starts this entire war and, like, you know, over just one girl. Who would he, I don't really think, actually loved. <laughs> it's the principle of things, man. You can't have the king's girl and then him just do nothing about it even if you don't like her man it's appearances or everything over there i get you but still man nobody loved anybody on game of thrones it's like marriage was for the sake of politics man i get that marriage is wonderful you hear about dog I mean, look at Sansa. How many times? How many times did Sansa get married? Now that you think about it, oh wait, no, there was one. And that's between Rhaegar and Lyanna. The exception, but not the rule. Like nobody really married for love. Well, nobody. Like one of the worst things ever was like what happened to. What's her name? You know, Rhaegar's first wife, the Princess of Dawn, um, Oberon's um, sister. What was her name? Yeah, I remember, because it was his whole stick. He said it while he was being that guy. Rose or the future king. And you're like, okay, you know, it's my duty for my house and my family and my kingdom, so I'll do it. And you do it, you, know, you do it well. You give him like three kids and stuff. And then, you know, you just killed by the mountain for no reason. Yeah. And that fight... I feel like her ending was location, man. Everybody's ending was shit. Nobody got a happy ending on that show. True, true, nobody at all. I think maybe the only person was like, um... Uh, uh, what, what's her name? Arya. Arya got an okay ending. I feel like she, you know, she wanted to travel, she wanted to do things with her life, and she did those things, you know? You say she had a happy ending, being... Didn't she wind up as her sister's right hand when, like, she became queen in the north or something? No, she went, um, she said she wanted to see what was east to Westeros, so she went on a journey. You know, her, you know, Jon Snow and Sansa said goodbye to her at the dock. Oh, right. But still, you think I she... Feel like... What would think she's had it with all the freaking traveling? What with going to train with that guy with, like, the faces? And so, yeah, I guess, you know. Uh, that character, though, the character of Arya Stark just... If anything, it proved... I like She's not the lady type. I can't imagine her, like, you know, 
being, you know, the head of a house or giving orders to people. She's not that type of person. She's not even a leadership kind of person. She's like a lone wolf, you know? So I feel like that was the best ending for her. Like, okay, her and Gendry had like a little bit of a romance and it was cute, you know? But that was just like an experience she had with one of her friends to have the experience. She said that like she's walking on journey by herself to just have more experiences. That was just the best ending for her. Nah, I'm pretty sure she shagged that dude because she didn't want to die having never shagged anybody. Okay. Just, just saying. Don Snow's not the worst, though, huh? Yeah. Because he kind of, like, reaffirmed, like, his place in society. Like, you know, he was born a bastard, but technically he wasn't, but he was born, like, you know, as a kind of bastard, like, season 8 was them just cutting the legs off Jon Snow as a character. Everything that made him special was stripped away in that season. That's what I'm saying. It was like for naught. Yeah. Like he literally, you know, he fought the battles, he did the things, he brought together the kingdom to fight off the Nightwalkers, and now that's, and now he's, you know, he's getting punished for all of that. Because, like, you know, okay, obviously, you know, what happened with Daenerys was kind of shit, you know? But, you know, I won't blame him. Because, like, imagine if, like, you find out that this person you care about and you low-key love is, like, a monster and she kills so many people, you know? Yeah. And you feel like, you know, out of love, you do have to kill her because, like, you know, you have to kill this person she's become because she's not that person you loved anymore. There's, I would have done the same, to be honest. <laughs> there is an example of this. There was this guy in the, the movie Shutter Island. He came home one day. Oh, I love... You love... You've seen Shutter Island? Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. He came home, and you know, like, he knew beforehand that his wife wasn't well, but he didn't really, you know, do anything about it. Because, like, what could he do? He was just a guy. So he comes home and he finds that his wife has drowned He's both of their children, too. yeah. So he kills her, because, like, realistically, what else could he have done? I mean... Exactly, at the end of the day, I mean, okay, I get it, it's murder, because, like, he did it, like, after he found the kids, you know, if, like, she was actively killing the kids and he killed her, that would be the fence. But it was, like, more of revenge. But, like... I get him, like, you know, I would do the same thing. Imagine, like, you marry to this person, and, you know, they're having issues, and you have kids together, and you have this life together, and you wouldn't you know, ever think, you know, they'll go that far. Because, yes, they have issues, but you built all this together, you know? And then one day you come home, and you find it, like, literally broken, destroyed. Like, how do you even react to something like that? It's like, I would do the really? same thing. I would probably do worse, to be honest. Probably. You know... You have to, like, shoot me. To stop me. Honestly, yeah. There wouldn't be no Shutter Island. There'd be 
technically they be four funerals. I mean, uh, I mean, it would be my funeral because they'd have to shoot me because I'm going bald. Don't forget, it would be like your spouse's funeral, you know, because he died on the same day. Just saying. Okay. Yeah, true. True. Damn. But yeah. Um, I remember such like a favorite dream of a movie, but I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. Because it kept having you like guessing the entire time, you know? It like put you in the mind of this man person. Yeah, and when that ball finally drops and like Ben Kingsley hits him with the reveal, like, you're not a cop. I mean, spoiler alert for a movie that's like a decade old. But, like, when he hits him with this, like, reveal, like, you're not a cop. You didn't come here off a boat. Like, you're a patient here. You've been here for years, man. It's like, you would think he's just gaslighting him. This guy is just some shady dude trying to gaslight a cop into thinking that he's crazy. But then Mark Ruffalo comes out of the shadows. It's like, oh, fuck, he's right. Like, none of what we've been seeing is real because we've been seeing it from the lens of a crazy guy so yeah exactly and it kind of makes you like root for him so like you are in denial yourself you know yeah that ending though that ending where he's like asking the question like hey which is better to die as a good guy or to live your life as a horror as a bad dude and he walks away. That shows, like, he knows what's going on. He knows, like, like, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, you know, executed. Because they told him straight up, like, if you continue with this delusion that you're a cop and you're here to solve a case and you don't admit that you are who you actually are, we're gonna have to kill you. No, not lobotomize him, but still, they're gonna have to lobotomize him. He knew that. He could have easily just been like, okay. I am yeah. who you say I am. I'm crazy. I did do all these things and lived life in this nut house. But instead, he willingly chose to be lobotomized because, like, it's better that he be lobotomized thinking that he's this hero, this shining cop, than for him to live the rest of his life knowing that, yeah, I murdered my wife because she killed my kids. You know, like, just it's better to die a hero yeah. than live long enough to be a villain. Yeah, that was a crazy movie, man. One of the best movies, I think. You know, like, how I hate um, the movie Prisoners? Why do you hate the movie Prisoners? Like... I don't like it, man. I feel like it's underwhelming. What? They save the girls, they get the lady, I mean... They get... I don't know, it's underwhelming. I don't know, man. I just don't like it. I feel like there's better examples of like What? Like, you know, like, what would you do for love? There's, like, better examples, you know? Because that's the whole premise. Like, how far would you go for your loved ones or to save your loved ones? And, okay, they went pretty far, you know? But, like, I don't know, it was an underwhelming movie. Like, there's so many better examples. One such example is something you and I both love, which is The Last of Us. Oof. Oof. That is some villain type shit i mean but you understand me right i mean they both cover the same premise but the last of us just does it in a different way man it just makes you know i don't know the 
whole fact, you know, that they use like different points of views to like, you know, make these villain characters or who you thought the villain characters were into these morally great characters that, you know, went through trauma themselves and this is the response to that trauma. And, you know, the people that you thought were good, you know, you're thinking in your head, yeah, you know, they're good and I like them because, you know, they're the main characters, but also they are shitty people who did shitty things as well, you know? There was, um, there is one funny scene in the movie Prisoners. Like, oh, I've seen that I found funny. There was this moment where Hugh Jackman gets in, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's car, and, like, he's, like, sitting there, and Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal's character asks him, like, where have you been? And Hugh Jackman's character is like, my car is parked outside a liquor store. I have a bottle of liquor in my hand. You're supposed to be a detective. Why don't you figure out where I've been? <laughs> I suppose so. I don't know. It just was so anti-climatic, man. Uh, you didn't like that the older girls got found, Hugh Jackman still went missing? You didn't like that? Yeah, it was so stupid, man. Like, I don't know. It was a very unsatisfactory ending. You get what I mean? You would have preferred if you know, left me feeling unsettled. You would prefer he got caught, like they found the guy he'd been beaten up, and then they arrested him. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. I would have preferred that. How disappointing. Anyway. I suppose the last of us is the same. It has an unsettled ending because of what happened, you know. It's not supposed to Between be a happy Ellie ending. And Abby. Do you hear that they're making Last of Us 3? I know they're Yeah, but I know they're going to do Last of Us Remastered. I'm talking about like they're working on Last of Us 3. And like, there's. There's this consensus online that, you know. If they do Last of Us 3 and it's a continuation of the events, people are like, we do not want to see Abby and Ellie now being friendly with each other, like uniting against a common threat. Like, we don't... Because that's normally how these stories go. Like... If they do a continuation, Abby's going to be the main character. She's going to rejoin the fire club. And she's gonna come after Ellie for the cure. So this time it can be Abby fighting Ellie. I am not a fan of that though, man. Like just remember earlier I said some characters don't deserve to be redeemed. Like if they go this route of like Abby and Ellie teaming up to fight some common enemy, that's what I meant, like, some characters don't deserve their redemption. Like, Ellie does not deserve to be redeemed yeah, I agree, from this shit. Because at the end of the day, what Ellie did, I love Ellie, obviously. But what she did was horrible. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, like, because, you know, we were a fan of her from, like, the first one. And, you know, she was funny and she was a cute little character. And then in the second one, you know, we were like, oh, wow, she's so much older and we're playing as her now, you know? Yeah. And then you realize, like, she does some pretty horrible things. And it, like, it sends you into, like, uh, I don't know, like, a kind of, like, a 
like a state because you have to like work through it like yes i like ellie but like she's turned into this monster yeah i mean the point of that was to show like you know there's revenge is not the way to go man there's no true winners and if you go for the revenge like just also i i i'm i may be in the minority to say this but screw tommy man screw that guy he's a piece of shit i hate tommy to be honest i didn't like him and you know like when he came to like dina's and ellie's house and like the things he said seriously screw that guy man like the guy just rolls up and like look i can't go out and get this chick because i'm too messed up go out and do it for me do it for joel and if you don't then you're a piece of shit like dude get out of here with this mess we are good we, we're fine we are okay with this shit we have moved on and you like coming here to throw it in our faces man like we're Get out of here. I mean, scumbag here. I just feel like, you know, after what happened with, like, what was his, what's it, Marlene? Is that her name? The chick from the Fireflies? No. His, his, like, his, his significant other, I forget her name. No. I forget her name, too, man. Like, there's so many people. But you know, like. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about, right? I just feel like, you know, after he came back, he didn't get back with her, and now he's just salty because Ellie's living her best life with Dina. Yeah, like, you know, she get is like, nah, like, Joel's killer is still out there. You don't get to just come back and live life. It's true, true. It's definitely a pain. You know, I know I feel sorry for I don't remember his name, but that Asian guy, that he was basically... Oh, Jesse. He was just a sperm donor when you think about it. I feel sorry for that dude. <laughs> I feel very bad for him, but I also feel like Gina would not have been with him, regardless of, you know, whether it was his child or not. Like, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, he, he was... He's just there, give her a kid, and then, like, that's it for you pal like sorry we don't the story no longer needs you anymore kindly exit the game <laughs> oh shit True. oh can i put you on hold for a second okay we took a few tour to shelter island but then we went to the last of us there is a very neat narrative flow of events that led there. It's like... I think so, too. I mean, it's kind of like that Charlie Day meme where he's, like, standing there in front of this, like, huge mind map and he's, like, laying it all out for... You know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Oh. See, I don't know if you... You're not... You don't really follow the MCU, but, like... I gotta say that... I do. I have my favorites, of course. You know, I'm really into Spider-Man. Because, you know, Spider-Man is just such a diverse universe, you know, compared to the rest of them. And after, like, across the Spider-Verse came out and stuff, you know, it's really become a lot of mine. I also love, you know, the game. I forget which one it is. Spider-Man, I forget. But you know the one that Black Cat is in? You're gonna need to be more specific. She's in a lot of them. 
Okay, uh, true. Okay, the most recent one. The one on the PS4? Yes. Okay, then. That's Marvel. That's yeah. Insomniac Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, ah, 
What's the name? America, yeah, America Chavez. Also, people who name their kids after countries need to stop doing that. Seriously. I think um, Mariah Carey's child, she named it Moroccan, not Morocco, Moroccan. Who named the child Moroccan? <laughs> what is with celebrities and giving their kids weird names? I don't know. And like Alicia Keys named her child Egypt. Wow. Egypt. Not Cleopatra yeah. or something like that, just Egypt. Yeah, like, you know, it costs nothing to give your child, like, a pretty name, you know? Yeah. So, like, just... The, um, you mentioned The Last of Us. Like, I... They cast... I can't remember her name. Caitlin Deaver? She was on that show, Last Man Standing, and she was also in the movie Booksmart. She was on that show, Last Man Standing, and she was also in the movie Booksmart. I like Last Man Standing. And then one day I was like walking at night, something like that sounds like, you know, like pro-Trump, pro-conservative. I was like, huh? And then I called this, and I realized that the dude that plays, you know, the main guy in The Last of Us is like a Trump supporter, and it's like a conservative show. And I was like, oh my gosh, my life has been a lot. I don't really care about all that. Like, Tim Allen can vote for whoever he wants to vote for. I just care that the show is funny. I don't put much thought into it. It's a pretty funny show. But, like, let's be honest here, okay? Caitlin Deva, or whatever her name is should have played Ellie. She's gonna be Abby. But she looks like a good Ellie. And like, you know, Ellie is that not the kind of type. She's a butch, you know what I mean? She's like one of those, those Home Depot butch lesbians, you know what I mean? And she has that vibe, even in The Lost of, the lost of Us, I mean The Lost Man Standing, you know? Uh, the character, I forget her name, in that, I think it's Eve, right? I think That's so. That's her name, Eve. One of yeah, you know, she's, she's being like a tomboyish kind of person, you know? So she, I can imagine her playing an Ellie. I can imagine her being that chick from Life is Strange. That too. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't know. She wants to play a good Abby, man. She's too small. Like, okay, maybe I'm biased because like, Abby's one of my favorite characters. But like, I don't know, like... They should have, like, chosen someone better. Like, like, obviously, like, Abby and Dina and all of them have, like, real-life, like, face. They had, like, you know, the face models. Mo-cap people, yeah. Yeah, you know? And, like, I actually follow Abby's face model on, like, YouTube because I watch her streams and stuff. She's, like, a game streamer. Um... Like, I don't know, just find somebody who's a bit more similar looking at. And I don't know how this law is going to pass through to Abby. Abby is a muscular girl, you know? She got a good she few years. She's a working out every day. But, like, if she doesn't meet those Abby expectations, then I don't want her, man. We got a good few years before that season two starts filming, you know? She can get buffed. 
she could be Abby Brock. Like, Abby was actually one of the popular people in that show. You know, they were, it wasn't like, okay, like, you know, when you look at Ellie, she has a bit of muscle on her, you know, when she takes out her shirt, you know, you can see, you can see this girl has seen some things, you know, she does a few workouts here and there. But you know, she's like feminine strong, you know? Abby, no, um, you know, she was in the gym lifting the weight every day. Out of anger, out of the bed, she had the sports going on. And that's what Caitlin Dever needs to like, you know, channel in the job. She's get into the character, she's like be buff and muscular. And Abby's also kind of tall, right? So? She's not like a short lady. Caitlin Dever is definitely a short lady. I mean... In comparison to most people, yeah, but we don't know how tall she is with the girl who plays Abby. The girl who plays Abby is pretty short, too. Like, when you're thinking of it, okay, remember when you used to play as Abby? Like, she was around, like, many male characters, like, uh, like, Scott, um, what's his name? Manny. She, like, was almost their height. So she mustn't be, like, some short ball, man. They put a better put her in some like platform shoes or something. Yeah, or those boots with the lifts in them. Yeah, true. Because like she's not like that's the whole point of it, you know, that she's a straight lady. And you know, but she is a very um, you know, she has this masculine vibe and energy about her. And that's, you know, the character and that's you know, they're trying to pull off the thing that, you know. That gender and gender expression and sexuality are different things. At the end of the day, Abby does look like a lesbian, but she isn't. And it's okay to just be a manly woman. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about her, you know? Yeah. You know, I want to see some muscle ladies, you know? People like, like women that can just kill a man right there. And like, Abby looks like that kind of person, you know? Funny she enough. She is that kind of person. You mentioned Hunger Games, and funny enough, in the books, like, apparently, uh, Katniss was a, a lot, not a lot thicker, but, like, a little thicker than, like, Jennifer Lawrence. But apparently, when they started filming the movie, they actually wanted Jennifer Lawrence to lose weight. Yes, exactly. But actually, in the book, um, Katniss is, like, um, described as being a bit more because like she's in this child, right? So they're all basically starving. So she is a bit on the thinner side. But they wanted Jennifer Lawrence to lose weight, not because of the character, but because they just thought she was. Yeah. She would look off-putting on camera. That's what I'm saying. And she was like, nah, like it would mean a lot to like the people who read these books to see people who look like oh. them and then you actually look moves. at Jennifer Lawrence now and be like they thought that was fat they thought this woman was fat like come on this is ridiculous like dude <laughs> it is ridiculous yeah it definitely but, is uh, you know who would actually make a good ending Jennifer Lawrence if she died in his blood isn't she kind of old? Is she kind of old to play Abby? Okay, like let's put her in Hunger Games time. She is like she's like old now, obviously, guys. But like let's say at that age, at like twenty three years old, she would have played a good Abby. She seems too nice. She's a tall lady, right?
She seems too nice, though. But, okay, Katniss wasn't a nice character. I know that, but, like, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence, like, looking at her, she just seems too nice to play Abby, like... But, like, Abby also wasn't, like, a nasty character. But, like, you, you, know, uh, Ab, but you didn't look at this woman and think she... You did not... You can see the goofy side of her, you know? She's, like, uh, she you know, she's jokey, she's funny, she's a bit, you know charming and charismatic and that's like the real abby yeah and but she kind of turned into this person you know because of what happened to her father and you know she wanted revenge yeah so like you know that kind of like murders like ellie because ellie ellie is like a like a what like a goofy character herself you know she had a joke book doesn't get goofier than that exactly that's what i mean so I feel like in that way they both mirror each other, but they were turned into different people because of, you know, revenge and this whole journey that they went on. But the first did the same thing. They just copy and paste, you know? Oh, that's certainly one way to look at it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is a bit of a goofy and funny person. So I feel like she would be able to play a good Abby. She'll be able to embody those, like, those, like, scenes with Liv and where she's, like, being this a bit more of a playful person. And I feel like because of Katniss, and, you know, like, this, you know, we watch Hunger Games, you know how Katniss is. I feel like she'll be able to embody those, you know, those, like, hard scenes where she's, like, killing poor Joel or, like, you know, fighting some person, you know, when the stars attacked and those kinds of things. There was, um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. When it comes to, like, I remember seeing, like, the behind-the-scenes thing, like, the mocap without take away the CGI and they show, like, the actors in the scene. Like, during that very scene where, like, Joel dies, and it's like, when you see it, it's like, you can tell the girl playing Ellie, she's not acting. Like, in her performance, like, damn, you'd swear, like, she was watching, you know... Troy Baker die or some shit like the way she was acting and like when Troy Baker was explaining it like he he knew like he just had to lay there and not move but he would like he said like he would occasionally open his eye a little to see what was going on and he could just see like she was going through some shit like she was really like damn this woman is not acting because and you see it in the gameplay like god damn dude this is this is real like, in that moment, in that headspace, witnessing this scene play out, like, this is real, though, like... Yeah, but do you, did you know this makes sense? Because you know the voice actor for Eddie, the person, like, playing her? Yeah. You know, she, like, actually contributed, like, a lot to Ellie's character. Like, yeah. Ellie is the, like, the character we know her as today because of that lady. She's also on the show. She played Ellie's mom. Yeah, I know, she plays Ellie's mother. I was so excited when I saw her. Because, you know, like, you heard Ellie's voice. It was, like, weird, you know? I mean, it wasn't weird. It was a nice touch. It was a fitting way of saying, you I know, think it was. thank you. You also um, added Joel's voice back, so. I mean, I don't think that was necessary, but I was glad they did it. Like add police, you know, voice after that. It was like it was also. I 
think it was a bit weird because like I feel like uh, once again, you know, Ellie's uh, actress and get Bella, Bella something, Bella Ramsey. I don't know. I don't like her. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I feel like she's not a good Ellie. Are you for real? I didn't like her hair. Her hair? Yeah, like, you know, it just didn't look quite right. Like, when she tied it back, like, there was way too much forehead visible, like... Yeah, like, true, huh? And also, Ellie has, like, straight hair. Yeah. You can see Valorante has, like, curly hair. And don't get me wrong. And also, Ellie had, like, a reddish hue to her hair. It wasn't, like, exactly dark. Yeah. So I wish that they like added those. Maybe if they added those kinds of touches to Bella Ramsey, maybe would have liked her a bit more. She was on Game of Thrones. She was like that um that she was that kid ruler of house yeah, something. Something woman. Yeah. She was like she was like the one chick. To like stand up and be like, alright, I'll fight with Jon Snow and my house too. She was like, she had bigger balls than every other dude in that room. It was like, what the hell? She's really a good character in Game of Thrones. I really liked the character. Yeah. Mormons, yes, it was House Mormons. That was good. You know who wasn't a good, like, kid ruler for their house? John Aaron. Like, what the fuck? What the hell? 
Isn't he like 12? What the hell is <laughs> That weirded me out, man. seasons her colors were very grim and vibrant 
But as the show got on, they became a lot more dingy and dark. Yeah, because, you know, it showed how she evolved as a character, you know? She went through, like, horrible things, you know? From King's Landing to uh, the Eerie to Ramsey Bolton, like, who uh, wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, that represents who she is now. She is a bit more of a, a hard ass, if you will. There was, um, what was I going to say? It's not just her, but, like, other characters, too. Like, Daenerys, as the show went on, like, because in the beginning of the show, her hair was, like, free-flowing and straight. But as the show went on, it got more mangled and tied up in, like, knots and everything to the point that it was, like, yeah. kind of dreads by that final season, like, all crisscrossed and everything. And, like, apparently there was a thing, like, the reason they did that, it was to show, like, like the more people, like, the more she has to kill, the more battles she fought, her hair gets more knotted and more, like, you know, thing is to show, like, this character changing over the course because that, like, freeness and flowing and innocence is slowly chipping away with each episode or something. True. The next was a good character, and I loved her outfit. You know, they really told, like, a story. Because, you know, she wasn't, like, a warrior, you know? She wasn't, uh... She never had that warrior spirit. It was almost like she fought because she had to, you know? I'm not... not because she wanted to. I'm not a fan of the fact that she just rode up and burned everybody because that was the plan from the beginning. She straight up was, like, when they arrived in, like, restaurants and she was meeting with, like, Tyrion... She straight up asked him, like, why don't I just ride up with my dragons, burn down the fucking palace, and then call it a day? And she, and then, like, Tyrion stopped her, and he was like, do you want to be the queen of Restoros, or do you want to be queen of the rubble? Like, just, like, this whole thing of amassing an army and, like, proving that the dead are coming and all that was to avoid her just riding in and torching everything. So to go through all that, just to end with her flying in and torching everything makes all those seasons pointless. It's like, what did we do all of this for then? If she could just ride up and torch the place anyway, like... Yeah, true. That's what I hated about it, because George R. R. Martin did someone write an ending to Daenerys' story. And he even came out and said, you know, I would have chosen something different. Yeah, I think he said, like, he wouldn't have had Bran end up as king, that's for damn sure. Yeah, because, like, I think that the parents, yes, you know, she did go a bit more at the end, you know, because, like, you know, she had those genes in her already, but also, you know, a lot of things happened to her. But I feel like she's supposed to be, like, the more involved character compared to her father, you know? Like, yeah, she went through all these things, but, you know, she she's supposed to overcome it, you know? It needs to be good damage, not just damage that you went through, you know? And that's what the suckage part is. That it was like all for nothing. Yeah. Big bummer. Major bummer that all... There's so much... You could describe that last season as that. Well, that was all for nothing, wasn't it? Ugh. True. It was such a disappointment, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, but like, the funny thing is, we already low-key know 
house on dragon right like we know who's gonna die we know how they're gonna die you know what i mean not really it's like hundreds of years before anything we know that's the good thing about no, because it's like in game of thrones they say how rhaenyra is gonna die you know what i mean well, yeah, but we're not here for that. We're here for the journey to get to that. Yeah, I get you, but like you know, it's it's like it's like hard to like watch, you know, because you know that all these characters are gonna die. We know like Damon and you know Aemon are gonna fight. You know those kinds of things. This, that's the problem with writing a prequel, a prequel that's set close to a time the original setting because. They should have done it too. They should have done Aegon the Conqueror and his sisters. Hmm. I don't know about That's that. That's what I would like. Because I love Visenya Targaryen, right? Um, she was like a badass. She was like also one of the only Targaryens that made it to old age. Because a lot of Targaryens like die young, you know? Hmm. I wonder, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> But also, like, it's like, it's like, um, it's a hypo, not hypocritical. I think it is because, like, um, because she's such a violent character, and yet she, you know, she, like, survived so, so long. She's, like, the last one of her siblings to die. Like, her sister, what's her name? Um, Rainey's dies first, and then it's Aegon, and then it's her. I think you mean ironic. The phrase is ironic. Ironic. Yeah. I hate I'm not a fan of shows whose major selling point is anyone can die at any time. Like, if that's the case, then why should I care? Why should I care about this character's journey if they can die before they finish it? Remember like, how we felt when Ned Stark was executed in season one? <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, wait. She survived. There was fire breaking out everywhere. She survived. 
Like, bullshit, lady. You should have died twice by now. But no, plot armor, we need you in the ending. You can't die here. In a show that's whole premises, anyone can die anytime. We can't have this character die in a situation where they well and should have. Like, ugh, it's freaking nonsense, man. It is crazy. But much better, man. I think the worst offender of this is The Walking Dead. Rick Grimes. Rick freaking oh, Grimes. Just. What is it, fuck, man? Oh my gosh. That pissed me off to no end, man. I actively swore. Because I remember when Carl died in season eight, that bummed me the hell out, man. I'm like, how the hell is Carl dying? Like. In the comic, he lives. He sets up this whole community and shit. Like, and everybody was like, "Who is gonna die? Who is this dude gonna kill?" You know. That was season seven. Yeah. I like season seven. When Negan shows up, I love that shit. I loved season seven. It was my favorite season of the whole thing. Negan was like the highlight of the show. Whenever he was on, I was glued to the TV. Man, Jeffrey Dean Morgan nailed that character. People were upset that he killed Glenn, but I'm like, bro, you was gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Brother. Oh man, why are you upset that? I'd rather him than anyone else. Let me just say. You know, That's nasty, Leto. Hey, 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 hey. They tricked us. I like him. Into, they tricked us into thinking Glenn died when they got attacked by them zombies, only to reveal Clover. He didn't get eaten alive, even though we saw guts flying everywhere. That was just someone who fell on top of him. Like, what? He managed to sneak away from a horde of zombies. Are you freaking joking, man? Really? But in the end, he was killed by humans. Yes. In the end, he did really die. Awesome, yeah. That just shows, huh? That even in these worlds where there's monsters and zombies coming for you, you know? It's cliche. I don't like that trope. It's cliche, man. Like, there's a zombie infestation or an alien invasion, but the biggest problem is other people. Like, I hate that shit. It's cliche. Yes, Thank <laughs> you. 
natural selection has chosen his has chosen us, you know, to survive. But you know, we wanna like be like, no, just gonna wear glasses. But when you know, push comes to shove, we're gonna be the first ones that. I honestly believe if there was a zombie apocalypse, we should all just move into the mountains. Realistically, like, we, have you ever seen a zombie climb a freaking mountain? They can't even climb gates, man. Like, they don't climb anything. Okay, let's, yeah, okay. I get you, because in The Lost of Us, Jackson is located in a mountainous area. Yeah. Viruses don't do well in cold climates, climates though, I mean, plus it's, you know. Yeah, true, so you know, the people in, like, Antarctica, you know, like, in the north, they, they, they got it good. It's us that are gonna suffer. It's the, the pe people close to the equator. Yeah. That's the downside of it all. You're gonna get a lot of people moving out to, like, the farmlands and shit, like, uh, just to get away from it all. If we had... But there won't be us, because he'll be there. There's a question that nobody actually stops to ask, like, like, how long would it take for a zombie to starve? Could a zombie starve? Like, no one ever stops to think about that. Them to go into, like, a dormant mode if they didn't, like, eat in a long time. No one thinks about that. Like, would can zombies starve? Like, if we just, if no humans were killed for like. No, but most importantly, Neto, aren't those bitches decomposing? That's what I'm saying. Wouldn't they? Be all bone. You know, especially here. Like, let's say the zombie apocalypse happened here. I don't think that that would last like more than a few days because of this hot sun. The decomposition would be like, you know, 10 times faster. Yeah. And then, like, there'd just be like mush on the ground, you know? After a while, yes. That would be the case. If you really wanted to survive a zombie apocalypse, you would just quarantine the place and wait it out. Exactly. Hey, you remember the movie? Um, okay, it's not a movie, it's like a skinniness, you know? Of like 28 weeks later, 28 weeks later. That's a movie. Okay, yeah, but it's like a movie. That's like a series of movies. That's called a franchise. Franchise. Okay, fine, fine. Okay. Leto, Those aren't zombies. Franchise. Those aren't zombies, they're still alive. Okay, but they're kind of zombies, you know? They're still alive. They're infected, yeah, but they're still alive. They're not zombies. Yeah, but how stupid was that guy in the last one? You know how, like, um, okay, they're okay now, you know, and they, they've all been given these, like, good lives because the population is, like, gone, so now they can afford to live in these fancy places. And the guy's like, I want some pictures when he goes into the quarantine zone. Oh, stupid, and then he just starts the apocalypse again. 
I mean, of course he did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a sequel. sound like some I am legend type shit. Like, yeah, there were, there were quarantine zones everywhere. The army was swooping in. When it comes to how they went to school, you know? Like, they checked those mountains. They had to... Ah! <laughs> 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 